This morning we're going to consider the triumphal entry. The triumphal entry, that is, of Jesus into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. It's a momentous occasion when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the back of a colt or donkey, publicly and openly showing himself to be the king and deliverer who was promised in Old Testament prophecies. Turn to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew 21, I'm going to read from verse 1 through to 11. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord have need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Sion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they sat, uh, they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees, and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth, of Galilee. First of all, we can look at various Old Testament prophecies concerning a kingly deliverer. In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, it is written, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So whoever this king is, 
unto, unto you a child is born, unto you a son is given. He has an everlasting kingdom. He sits on the throne of King David, but his is an everlasting kingdom. You know where this is pointing to, this prophecy of Isaiah. That prophecy, given over 700 years before Jesus was miraculously conceived and born of a virgin, speaks of a king who lives forever. A kingdom that is forever. Note that he is described as the mighty God. It's clearly the Lord Jesus Christ. And then finally, we see the Lord Jesus Christ, who according to the flesh, was born a descendant of King David. Again, it's over 700 years later that Jesus, a descendant of King David, was born and he rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey for all to see. And in doing so, he showed himself to be the fulfilment of Old Testament prophecies concerning God, sending a king and a deliverer. By riding on the back of a donkey, Jesus was clearly showing himself to be the fulfilment of yet another prophecy. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Zechariah, the second to last book in the Old Testament. Chapter 9, verse 9, where it is written, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. See the connection there. Incidentally, that prophecy was written about 500 years before the Son of God was manifest in the flesh. All those prophecies in the Old Testament with those big arrows pointing to their fulfilment in the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you see that when the Lord Jesus sent two of his disciples on an errand to get an ass and a colt and bring them back to him, there was never any doubt about the success of that mission. Why is that? prophecy was about to be fulfilled look at verse 3 again in our passage and if any man say aught unto you ye shall say say, the Lord have need of them and straightway he will send them there was never going to be any any doubt about that prophecy was about to be fulfilled Secondly, prophecy is fulfilled in God's time and in God's way. Up until the day that the Lord Jesus Christ rode into Jerusalem, meek and sitting upon an ass and a colt, the foal of an ass, although there were times that he confirmed that he was the promised Christ and the Son of God, he didn't make public declarations of it. For example, after the Apostle Peter declared in Matthew 16, verse 16, Thou art the Christ, 
the son of the living God. Jesus told his disciples, just a few verses on from that, in verse 20, that they should tell no man that he was Jesus, the Christ. This is straight after Peter saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Tell no man that I am the Christ. Instead, Jesus showed himself to be the Christ through his miracles. The miracles themselves testified that he was the promised Messiah, the one whom God promised in the Old Testament prophecies. For example, there was the time when Jesus stood in the synagogue and the scroll, a scroll was handed over to him, prophecy of Isaiah, and in, I'm going to read to you Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus said in the synagogue, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He have sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. So, okay, you've got Jesus there saying that the, 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 the one that is promised to you, today this is fulfilled, I'm he. And Jesus, he restored a man with a withered hand in a synagogue, but by and large, he didn't make public declarations that he is the Christ, the Son of God. And people are quick to tell me that, the enemies of the gospel. I don't know how many times in London I've had Muslims saying to me, Jesus never said that he's the Son of God. Jesus never said this, never said that. He did actually. But you'll be hard-pressed to find examples of it in the New Testament. They are there. But Jesus did not go around declaring himself to be the Christ, the Son of the living God. He let his miracles speak for him. You may well ask, what was the reason for all the secrecy about Jesus being the Christ up until that very public declaration that can be seen in Matthew chapter 21? when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. For one thing, the people had imagined that the promised Christ, they'd imagined him to be a secular and earthly king and conqueror, someone who would put an end to the Roman occupation, someone who would restore the Jews to their former glory. For example, there was that time when Jesus had just fed a multitude of people with just five barley loaves and two small fishes. He departed into a mountain on his own because, according to John chapter 6 and verse 15, Jesus therefore perceived that they would come 
and take him by force to make him a king. Clearly, the people had no understanding that the kingship of Jesus is spiritual, that he delivers people from sin, and that his kingdom is not of this world. Also, there were those who tried to kill Jesus whenever whenever he said something that implied his equality with God. For example, when Jesus was accused of breaking the Sabbath, he said, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. You can see the response of them there. They sought all the more to kill him. Because he said, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Also the Jews took up stones to stone Jesus when he said, I and my father are one. And just days after riding into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, Jesus was found guilty of blasphemy and handed over to the Romans to be crucified when he affirmed to Caiaphas, the high priest, the Jewish high priest, that he is the Christ, the Son of God. Caiaphas, the high priest, he rent his garments. Blasphemy! That was it. Jesus was handed over to be crucified. Perhaps the Jewish leaders would have stepped up their efforts to kill Jesus much earlier had he publicly declared himself to be the Christ, the Son of God, earlier on. But Jesus was not working to the timetable of those who wanted to enthrone him as an earthly king or those who wanted to kill him. Everything would happen in God's perfect time and in his way. And now in God's perfect time and way, with Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9 being fulfilled, no one would be left in any doubt whatsoever that Jesus, who had been a carpenter, was the promised king and deliverer spoken of in prophecy. We can see in Matthew chapter 21 verse 9 that people were in no doubt that Jesus was and is the descendant of King David, whom God had promised to send, such as in what I read to you earlier in Isaiah chapter 9. Let's have a look at Matthew 21 verse 9 again. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. There was a crowd of people heading towards Jerusalem and another crowd that had come from Jerusalem to meet Jesus. Therefore the Lord was thronged with people coming from opposite directions, all crying out, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Also the crowd paved the way with their clothes and with branches. As such, they gave King Jesus the red carpet treatment. 
Interestingly, the word Hosanna, as well as being an utterance of praise and adoration, it means save, we pray, in Hebrew. Wouldn't it be great to think that that vast crowd of people was praising and adoring Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as their Saviour, sent by God to save and deliver them from their sin. But that clearly was not the case, at least not for most of that crowd. Look at verse 11, where it is written, And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. There's no mention of Jesus being the Christ, the Son of God. To them he was just the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And let's not forget that not many days later, people were no longer crying out, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Instead, they were crying out, crucify him. When the Lord Jesus Christ was riding into Jerusalem on that donkey, he was under no illusions. In Luke's account, of the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. We're told that as Jesus approached Jerusalem, he wept as he foretold that the city would be destroyed. As it is written in Luke chapter 19, verse 41 through to 44, And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even now, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes, for the days shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee round, and keep thee on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another. Speaking about the destruction of Jerusalem, AD 70. Because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. As the New Testament Bible commentator William Hendrickson said, severe retribution would be reaped by the city and its inhabitants, because by and large, a favourable response to the manner in which God, in his compassion, had visited Israel by sending his son into the world, had been lacking. Lacking is probably putting it very mildly, when you consider that in John chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, it is written concerning Jesus, he was in the world, And the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. He came to the Jews. Not only did they not receive him, they crucified him. The rejection of Jesus as the deliverer was in fulfilment of Old Testament prophecy. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3, where the prophet said, He is despised and rejected of men, 
a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. He's repeating himself there, saying it again. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Well, that was back then. Has anything really changed? Not at all. This was and is a Christ-hating world. However, the good news is that John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, having, have, John having just said he was in the world, the world was made by him, the world knew him not. John goes on to say, but as many as received him, to them gave he power or the right or the privilege to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Born again Christians by the will of God. Sons and daughters of God. Those who receive Jesus as their Saviour and their Lord and believe on his name. Is that you? Are you born again? Spiritually born, as well as being born from your mother. Have you received Jesus as your saviour from sin? Are you a child of God? The most important questions that you will ever be asked. Nothing compares with it. Some of you in here, you're going to be facing exams very soon. Big exams that could mean, that could decide your future, careers. But not one of those questions that you will be asked in your exam papers are anywhere near as important as these questions. Are you born again spiritually? Have you received Jesus as your saviour from sin? Are you a child of God? You won't get that in your exam papers. But I'm asking you those most important questions of all. Are you clear in your own mind about why Jesus went up to Jerusalem riding on the donkey? When in a minute we sing, ride on, ride on in majesty, hark all the tribes Hosanna cry, O Saviour meek, pursue thy road, with palms and scattered garments strode. Will you do so with a repentant heart? And I'm speaking just as much to those who have been Christians for many years as someone who might just be challenged now for the first time. Will you sing those words with a repentant heart, believing that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was on a journey that would take him to the cross to bear away your sins? Amen.